Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Adam Holtz on the recent trend of secular companies promoting faith-based film and TV productions. At least from the perspective of that one studio, and then there's Sony, Affirm Films, they distribute most of the Kendrick Brothers movies. So there seem to be pockets of awareness where there are people at these major secular studios saying, hey, we want to get in on this because we think we can make some money. Adam Holtz, next. Adam Holtz, the director of Focus on the Family's Plugged Insight, is intrigued and happy that the very popular series, The Chosen, about Jesus' life, is now on the CW network and distributed by Lionsgate. With secular companies involved, he hopes many more people will be introduced to the good news. He's written the piece, The Chosen is Coming to the CW, Should We Rejoice? Adam, I want to ask you first about your piece about the TV series centered on Jesus' life called The Chosen and it being picked up by a secular network. You lead this piece off with a parable of Jesus in Matthew. Tell us about it. Well, it's the parable of the wheat and the tares, and it's a story about how a farmer goes out and sows seed. You know, Jesus often had agricultural metaphors, but then an enemy sowed weeds, and the seed and the weeds came up together. And the question then comes, should we try to pull the weeds out of the crop so that it can grow better? And Jesus basically says, no, it will all be harvested together. Let it grow up together. And, uh, you know, Jesus has a very specific meaning in mind with regard to, you know, the last, the day of judgment between those who have a relationship with him and those who do not. I'm using it perhaps in a little bit more metaphorical way that sometimes the gospel is in strange places Mm. and the gospel shows up right next to, you know, those proverbial tears. Uh, And so we're going to be talking about how the chosen is now airing on the CW. And, you know, this is the same network that's brought us such, you know, great. And I use that obviously with a degree of sarcasm shows as, as gossip girl and supernatural and, you know, the list just goes on and on. Riverdale, the kinds of shows that, well, we've spent more time pointing out their problems than praising them for their redemptive messages. Uh, but I think, you know, as we're going to talk about, Bill, this is this is a remarkable story, and I think one that's encouraging to me personally. So the CW, uh, for those not familiar, as you mentioned, there are some of the shows here. Is that a is that a fairly recent? In other words, is that network emerged fairly recently? I think a certain number of people maybe have never heard of it. Yeah, the CW has been around a, a good while at this point. Mm. I want to say twenty plus years. I don't oh. have that information right in front of me, but it's not a network that just showed up in the last six months. I mean, it's been on. I think between 15 and 20 years. Mm. So, I mean, it's, I kind of think of it in the same way that Fox came around in the late eighties. You know, this is one that, that has a, in some ways, some parallels with, with Fox. And I think it probably still doesn't have maybe 
perhaps the name recognition that say NBC or ABC or CBS or even PBS has, but, but it's a broadcast network. So you don't have to have cable or satellite or any kind of streaming package to get it. And uh, it's going to seem surprising to even ask this question because I would imagine most people are familiar with the chosen, especially uh, believing audiences, but maybe not everybody. So for those not. Yeah, the chosen is the brainchild of filmmaker and director Dallas Jenkins. Mm. Uh, if that sounds familiar, he's the son of Jerry Jenkins, who, of course, along with Tim LaHaye, wrote the Left Behind series in the late 90s, which is to this day, I mean, one of the pop culture moments for Christian entertainment. Mm. So here's somebody who has grown up with an understanding of what it looks like to to swim and sort of navigate that, uh, that culture. And Dallas wanted to translate, if I can use that word, uh, Jesus' story into a multi-season show that really takes time to unpack and imagine, and I'll come back to that word, imagine, what life might have been like for, not only for Jesus, but for those he chose to be his followers. So, you know, we see this in a lot of movies. It definitely is a is a dramatization. Um, he is imagining what Peter might have been like, or what James might have been like, or John, as well as the ancillary characters around them. So this is not one of the movies that would say, take the words of Jesus and very literally translate them into a movie or a TV show. Uh, he's taking dramatic license here, but I think he's doing so with an eye toward remaining very, very faithful to the biblical core story and the truths of who Jesus is. So certainly there have been some that have said, well, wait a minute, we don't actually have these stories uh, as he's fleshing them out mm -hmm. in Scripture. Yeah, uh, And we don't. That's a, that's a legitimate criticism. Some people are going to be concerned about that. Mm -hmm. But I also think that he is doing it with an attempt to be really faithful to the core theology of who Jesus was. And I think through the first three seasons, he's been super effective at that. And it started um, on, I, I actually, I may get the chronology wrong. It's existed on an app, uh, the Chosen app. It's been uh, a part of Angel Studios. Recently, they sold the distribution rights to Lionsgate, which is a mainstream studio. And this CW airing is a part of that. So that's sort of the, the story in a nutshell. That's interesting that uh, The Chosen, this uh, multi-season television show focused on the life of Jesus and his, his disciples. As you said, it's that kind of, a, I think the word you use in your piece is a meandering journey. How did it come yeah. to sort of park at this secular network? Movies and art made by faithful believers, I think, I think that this is an inflection point. Um, Lionsgate and CW didn't want to air this because they're particularly interested in promulgating the gospel. That's not their motivation. Their motivation is to make money. Mm -hmm. And Lionsgate, which also brought us uh, Jesus Revolution earlier this year and a couple of the movies from John and Andy Irwin, I think they recognize and rightly that the Christian audience is underserved in the entertainment realm. And so they have observed how The Chosen has taken off. I mean, it's been an amazing phenomenon 
over the last several years. There are three seasons done uh, and Dallas plans on doing seven. Uh, so their motivation is to make money. Uh, and that, you know, brings me to another passage of scripture just to help us think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Paul said, whether from true motives or false ones, and I'm paraphrasing a lot here, good motives or bad, the gospel is being preached. So I don't think Lionsgate is in it to be an evangelist. I think they're in it to make money. They think there's an audience here. Um, but I will celebrate the fact that they are making this story available on a platform where it hasn't been available. And my guess is some people will find it who didn't know it existed. And they'll get they will get hooked on the story because it's very, very well told, Bill. So for you, this is a, a positive development that yeah. a, a... Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and always when you have a secular organization that has ownership or distribution rights, it's fair to ask the question, well, are they going to put pressure on people to dumb it down, to water it down, to do things spiritually that are inappropriate? I'm really not worried about this here because Lionsgate understands we're serving the Christian audience. And they have really let John and Andy Irwin tell their stories without interfering with that as well. So I'm thankful for that. And I think it it marks a turning point where we're seeing mainstream entertainment distributors saying, hey, this is excellent. There's a market. We think we can make some money and get it out perhaps to some people who haven't seen it before. And uh, again, I don't know all their motivations, but I think it's a net win for the gospel. Well, my guest today on His People is uh, Mr. Adam Holtz. He is director of Plugged In at Focus on the Family, and that is exactly what we're talking about, a, a Christian show, and we're going to talk about some movies as well, distributed by secular or mainstream companies. In this case, uh, The Chosen being uh, picked up by the secular network called The CW. And you say something kind of interesting in your piece, Adam. You say uh, that uh, The CW is hosting The Chosen for the moment. So you're saying it's, yeah. it's happening now, but you're you're feeling a little bit tentative about it well i'm not sure i think they're watching to see how it does and i actually saw a story early this week that said the ratings are increasing mm. so i think the thing is getting traction dallas jenkins has released each season like one season a year like a traditional television release they've taken the first three it started in mid-july and it's airing on sunday nights from now till christmas and my guess is they are going to pay attention to how it does Mm -hmm. and maybe that opens the door for it to show up on a seasonal basis for the rest of its run uh in the same way a normal tv show would but i don't think they have made that determination yet uh or maybe they let dallas do a couple more seasons and in a year or two they do something similar um but i think it's doing well so i think that potentially would seem like it would earn the potential for ongoing distribution on that network, but I don't know for sure yet if that's going to happen. Well, and of course, we've all seen the uh, articles or, or watched commentary um, talking about the hostility of Hollywood to believers, to believers' yeah. faith, to believers themselves, and hypocrisy and those kind of things. Is, is this is this signaling any kind of a of a change? I mean, it, it, or is it just a sort of cyclical, like we see sometimes movies like Soul Surfer and Amazing Grace pop up? I mean, my guess is that there's not one answer to that question. It's a great question. Um, I think that 
I'm hesitant to make sort of an industry-wide generalization, mm-hmm. but from everything I have heard, Lionsgate really is interested in helping these things succeed. So at least from the perspective of that one studio, and then there's Sony, Affirm Films, they distribute most of the Kendrick Brothers movies. So there seem to be pockets of awareness where there are people at these major secular studios saying, hey, what, we want to get in on this because we think we can make some money. Uh, I think exactly what you talk about, the worldview issues there, I think there still is antipathy uh, in general all over Hollywood to a Christian message. But at least in there's, in these pockets, there is an awareness and, and I think a desire to to be a partner with that. I, I interviewed John and Andy Irwin when uh, both after American Underdog came out and when Jesus Revolution came out and they had nothing but praise for Lionsgate. Mm. said, yeah, they really want us to succeed. So um, I'm hopeful in that. And you mentioned uh, John and Andy Irwin. They did Jesus Revolution. That's their most recent movie. They did I Can Only Imagine. Um they did, uh, I'm totally blanking, I don't have their list of movies in front of me. They've done several things over the last few years, mostly based on true stories. And obviously, Jesus Revolution um, was the story of the Jesus movement and how it took root in Southern California in the late 1960s and early 70s. Uh, and was another movie that really overperformed. And I think, again, these studios are saying, man, we've got blockbusters that cost $300 million bombing left and right in these little Christian movies uh, are performing amazingly. Uh, And the same can be said about Sound of Freedom, which is its own unique success story. It's not, you know, being distributed by a major studio, but uh, it's done things that we've never seen a Christian movie do outside of The Passion of Christ. Well, speaking of that, we've been talking about, uh, the, obviously, the small screen or television with The Chosen moving to the to the big screen. You mentioned uh, Jesus Revolution, but you went on sure. just to say that it's it's done so well. And, and then uh, The Sound of Freedom, which uh, is still out there this summer, uh, and it's had an element of controversy. I mean, there've been, there's been a, a sort of <laughs> criticism kind of flowing along with it, and, uh, yep. and yet it's done very well. What can you tell us about it? And uh, some of the story, the backstory to it there. So it's a it's an interesting backstory. Um, let me just start with the story of it, and then we can talk about the controversy. It tells the story of Tim Ballard, who was a real person who worked for the Department of Homeland Security. His job was basically busting sex traffickers, perpetrators in the United States. And he had a moment in which he helped to rescue a little boy, a four-year-old boy, and found out that he had a sister who had been trafficked somewhere in South America. I mean, he he didn't really know much more about about it than that. He manages to talk his boss into giving him a little bit of money to go to Colombia and begin sort of investigating what happened and uh, finds out that she's being held by a drug cartel guy uh, in the deep jungles of Colombia. You know, and when they find that out, there are people on the ground there that say, look, nobody goes there. The army doesn't go there. The police don't go there. Nobody goes there. And he and some of the other people he's working with put together a really daring mission, really, to pose as medical workers and inoculate, you know, the locals against cholera. And he goes in and he gets her. That's a true story. That happened. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the controversy is is twofold. There are people saying, well, some of the stuff that happened here was those details were embellished, they're exaggerated, to which I would say no true story ever makes it to the big screen without some embellishment, right? I mean, it's the mm-hmm. nature of the medium that the core of the story is true. There may be details that were, again, dramatized. Uh, and, and that he himself, Tim Ballard, is a a pretty controversial character. Not everybody has agreed with his methods. Not everybody has agreed with how he's gone about things. Okay. Um, But there's also been criticism that he inflated the numbers of people being trafficked, to which I would say it's all an estimate. We don't really know. There are kids being trafficked. Mm -hmm. And others have said, well, most trafficking is not kids being kidnapped out of, you know, in poverty in South America, that there are more a mundane, I guess, if you could say, or, or more likely avenues to become a part of trafficking. Okay. Again, I, that may be a valid criticism, but that wasn't this story. So it's felt to me like, and then there are conversations about, oh, it's QAnon adjacent. And uh, it's, it's true that Jim Caviezel has said some things in interviews that do relate to some things that QAnon has talked about, but the movie itself doesn't. There's not a conspiracy theory in the movie. Mm-hmm. This is not about that. It's a true story, and it's a story of sacrifice and courage on behalf of a vulnerable little girl. I, it's a remarkable movie. It's a hard movie to watch. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yourself, Bill. I have. Um, but I, I found most of the criticism, I'm like, okay, why are you trying to tear this down? What is your vested interest in saying, oh, this is horrible and not true. I'm like, it's a story about a guy rescuing a little girl from sexual slavery. It it feels like we ought to all be able to agree that that's a good thing, but that hasn't been the case. Uh, It's had deep resonance with, I think, people who are believers and who are conservative culturally. And I think its success speaks to a really good marketing campaign by Angel Studios, but also the fact that people are hungry for redemptive stories that value what we value as Christians. Well, thank you for that explanation. And it's interesting you mentioned uh, Angel Studios. I don't know anything about them, but as you said, they're, uh, I think, an independent uh, distributor, and and it took a while for this uh, Sounds of Freedom to get distributed. And it seems like Angel Studios has some connection with The Chosen as well, doesn't it? They did. They don't currently. Mm. That relationship, I believe, has been ended uh, with this, the sale of the distribution rights to uh, to Lionsgate. Uh, and I confess, I actually don't know much about the backstory there. I oh. know there was a change. They were the distributor, and they were very much in partnership. Uh, I will say Angel Studios is a, is a Mormon-owned um, outfit, and uh, Tim Ballard in the movie in real life, he is a Mormon. I don't know that they ever identify him as such actually in the movie. And there certainly have been Christians who have asked questions about, you know, how that all works out. But I think we can say that Angel Studios seems to be committed to bringing broadly faith-based stuff to the market that isn't Mm -hmm. necessarily evangelizing for the LDS church. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Does does all of this? Uh, what I guess what I'm wondering is, is this sort of um, again kind of cyclical? Is it a is it a a moment yeah. in time, or or is there a trend? Do you see something uh, heading into the future? 
I think it's both. I mean, for a number of years, we have seen large, we've seen faith-based movies have really big success. It's usually right around Easter. You know, almost every year, it feels like for the last five or six years, there's been a movie and the mainstream press is like, can you believe how well this movie is doing? I'm like, well, I can, because we did this last year. I actually wrote a piece um, or was interviewed by USA Today a number of years ago. I'm like, I don't know why we're surprised every year when this happens, because it just happened a year ago. So, uh, yeah, there are these spikes, but I think overall, you know, if the spike comes down the other side, it doesn't go down as far. So I think there's an upward trend line. And I think we're moving toward a kind of cultural critical mass here, Bill. Okay. And what, 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 what do you mean by that, that uh, by cultural critical mass? Well, I, I think that with each round of success, the visibility of faith-based entertainment is growing. And, and maybe Hollywood will actually remember longer than six months. Oh, yeah. There are people out there who are hungry for redemptive stories that resonate with their beliefs. I think the Irwins have played a huge role in that. I think the Kendrick brothers uh, with all of their movies were really pioneers laying the foundation and they're continuing to contribute as well. I've had a little bit of contact with their organization recently. I know they're hard at work on another movie. I don't know anything about it. Um, But I I think that the level of excellence of storytelling of availability of distribution outlets, those are all getting better. So that's what I mean by critical mass. And what about for the, the, the broader Christian community? Is there some kind of a, a of a message you might want us to not overlook? In other words, support these kind of films or even, yeah. even encourage young people to go into this field? Yeah, absolutely. Both of those things. I think that we need to think about Christian movies especially, um, that when we buy a ticket for those, we're essentially casting a vote. Hollywood, even though certainly there are, you know, woke or progressive elements, Hollywood is in the business of making movies to make money. Although, you know, Disney has perhaps tested that theory the last couple of years. We could have another conversation about that. (laughs) Yes. But um, when you buy a ticket for one of these movies, what you're saying is more of this, please. Uh, And when Christian movies come out, if you're thinking about going it's better to go early than to kind of wait and see because the opening weekend really sets the tone for how long a theatrical run they're going to have. Now, I will say Sound of Freedom has absolutely obliterated the normal process. Hmm. Usually a big movie comes out. If it makes $100 million one weekend, it'll make 50 the next weekend and 40 or 30 the next. I mean, it will be sort of a linear downward trend. Sound of Freedom has bucked that trend. It actually had a couple of weeks where it picked up number of theaters and the amount of money it made. But typically speaking, you want to see things early because that gives the film a better chance of staying in theaters for a longer run. And I think with regard to people who are interested, uh, again, even though we don't necessarily think this way, I think there are a lot of very sincere believers who are occupying significant spaces in the business, in Hollywood. Uh, so I think that there is an opportunity there. There's an opportunity potential to be like the next Kendrick Brothers, to do something outside the mainstream Hollywood system. Um, as always, there, there, are, there are pitfalls when we're talking about entertainment. I think 
the possibility of compromising is always real. But I, I yeah. do think uh, I do think there is an opportunity if if for young people to make a difference there. Uh, and certainly those stories have incredible power and incredible reach. Well, speaking of making a difference, you are the director of Plugged In at Focus on the Family. You're uh, really an analyst of uh, movies, yeah. kind of bringing a biblical lens to them, uh, films and whatnot. But if, I should just ask you, tell us, uh, if you could give us a bit of an overview of what yeah. you and your, your folks at Plugged In do. Well, we are a media and technology or entertainment and technology review site. We want to do two things. We want to give you and your family, and if you don't have children, we want to give you as an individual the information you need to make the best decision about whether something is right for you. So a big movie comes out, you've heard about it, your kids are asking about it. If you come to our reviews, you'll find not only a description of the story, but we try to objectively capture here's the content you'll encounter. Here's, you know, the sexual content, the profanity, the violence, that sort of thing. So whatever your pain point is, whatever you're concerned about, you can make your own determination whether that's something you want to do or not. And for the most part, we don't say definitely go, definitely don't go. Uh, there are exceptions, but we want to give you that information. I think at a bigger level, we want to encourage you to grow in your faith and understanding a biblical worldview and thinking with that biblical worldview about your entertainment and technology choices. So our hope as people interact with us over time, Bill, is that that you would grow in that as well. Um, our, our podcast, The Plugged In Show, we have conversations like this every week. You can find that at thepluggedinshow.com. And in our blog, we have bigger conversations about about things as well. I wrote about Flamey Grant this week, you know, somebody who was a guy who was in the Christian uh, worship world for a long time and, and recently came out in drag and just the implications of that. I mean, it's a, it's a, I think a tragic story, but it's also one that's gotten a lot of attention. So we want to unpack things like that as well. And especially if you have kids, we want to equip you to have an ongoing conversation with them and to be intentionally engaged in these areas of entertainment and technology. So you have a lot to keep up with. I mean, you're you're keeping up with various <laughs> kinds of media and even video games, right? Which appeal yeah. uh, as people, yeah. not just to kids, but to much to adults. Yes. And I should say, not only do we review movies, we review music, video games, television, books, YouTube channels, and technology and apps as well. So we have a team of five. Uh, we work pretty hard and, and pretty quickly, but we try to work very carefully and very thoroughly to give you accurate information. Uh, and I'm not sure I've mentioned this, but we're a, a ministry of focus on the family as well. It's important to point that out. If you can guess, how many movies, just you personally, would you say you view in a year, roughly? Fewer now than I used to because I'm the director of the department. You know, I probably see on average about one every week to two weeks. I think in my 20-some years here, I've reviewed somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand movies and written about 6,000 reviews total. So I was the music guy for a very long time. Uh, a lot of blogs, a lot of articles, a lot of reviews in those other categories. So uh, we crank it out and I do about a dozen interviews a week as well. So this is also a big part of my job this year. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Adam Holtz, the director of Focus on the Family's Plugged Insight. You can read his piece, The Chosen is Coming to the CW, Should We Rejoice, by going to pluggedin.com. 
Com. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Chris Costeldo on learning wisdom about Jesus' upside-down kingdom from the Beatitudes in Matthew's Gospel. And so, yeah, we, we ought not turn it into a, a work by which we merit divine approval. Instead, it's an invitation from a father who loves us to take him by the hand and walk with him. That's tomorrow at this same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.